What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week nine wide receiver start sits, breaking down every single matchup, talking about every single fantasy relevant wide receiver, and then listing them as either a start sit or a fringe option. So either I trust them, I want them on my bench, or, you know, they're somewhere in between. They're a decent flex play, a wide receiver three option, somewhere in there. Uh, while you guys are watching, if you enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Really does help me out a lot. And then if you guys have any fantasy questions, you can drop them down below. I'll respond back to every single person. Doesn't have to be start-sit related. I will still get back to you. But let's jump into the uh, first game of the week, Thursday Night Football. We have the Eagles taking on the Texans. For the Eagles, we just saw A.J. Brown have just a dominant game. Three touchdowns, just absolutely torched it uh, here in week eight. So obviously, he's going to continue to be a very strong start. Devonta Smith obviously took a little bit of a backseat. This is kind of what we've seen with this Eagles offense. It's really tough for all three of those guys. Uh, I'm talking about Brown, Smith, and Goddard. It's tough for all three of them to have big games. So obviously, A.J. Brown had the monster performance. Dallas Goddard was solid, which means Devonta Smith is going to have the down game. You know, it could totally reverse this week, and Devonta Smith goes off for 100 and a touchdown. Totally possible. So I like both of these guys as starts this week. On the other side with the Texans, I have Brandon Cooks as a fringe start. Unfortunate for someone who was kind of billed to be, you know, the super consistent player, going to be like a fringe top 24 guy week to week. It just hasn't happened so far. It's been an underwhelming season. He's averaging 10 and a half points per game. Obviously, that is not what you were expecting when you drafted him. He's been targeted seven or fewer times the past five weeks. Week one and week two, I think he was like 12 targets, 10 targets. Since then, the overall target numbers have fallen off. He's only scored one touchdown. This overall passing attack for the Texans is just not good. So I feel like he's going to be more of like a lower end wide receiver three at this point. Tough for Brandon Cooks. Maybe he gets traded. That would definitely be ideal for his fantasy value. But right now he's on the Texans when I'm recording this. So he is going to be a fringe play. Now moving over to Sunday, we have the Chargers taking on the Falcons. And I believe this should be the first game where we see Keenan Allen basically 100% playing the full game. He is someone I will be starting. A healthy Keenan Allen is a top 12 fantasy wide receiver, so he needs to be in lineups. And then I have Josh Palmer listed as a fringe start. He should be operating as the Chargers wide receiver too. We've seen him play in five games as the number two. Obviously a different situation. It was Keenan out, Mike Williams in. This time it's Keenan in, Mike Williams out. But in those five games, he had three solid performances, 13, 14.7, and then 15.9 points. And then he had two dud games, 3.5 and 5.4. So averaging like 10 and a half points per game over that stretch just kind of happens to be the uh, same number of points that Brandon Cooks has been averaging. So I think this week he's going to be, you know, a back end wide receiver three option. On the other side with the Falcons, it always hurts to bench talented players or list them as sits. Drake London, obviously incredibly talented. I still think, you know, he's probably going to be the best wide receiver from this class in the long run. But right now, you know, you just can't be trusting this Falcons offense, especially the passing attack. So he will be a sit. Moving over to the Dolphins-Bears game, we have two extremes here. We have the Dolphins who are putting up, you know, Hill and Waddle as like these, you know, top five wide receivers on a week-to-week basis. And then we have the Bears who just can't really get a ton going in the passing game. Obviously, Hill and Waddle are very strong starts. And then for the Bears, sitting Darnell Mooney, even though Justin Fields is playing better, a lot of it is due to the run game, his involvement as a rusher, compared to, you know, putting up these massive passing numbers. Then we have the Panthers taking on the Bengals. 
And for the Panthers, I honestly feel like I have to take the L here on DJ Moore. I've been too low on him in my weekly rankings. I'm basically talking about last week, like weekly rankings, rest of season rankings. I don't even think I had him in my top 36. I kind of thought that game he had in week, what was it, week seven? I kind of thought that was like a fluke game. Clearly it was not. I think he's someone we can be starting moving forward. I really wasn't expecting it, you know, going from Baker to PJ Walker. I knew Baker was bad, but I kind of just figured PJ Walker would also be bad. I didn't really expect him to be like a massive upgrade for DJ Moore, but he definitely has been. In two games with PJ Walker as the starter, Moore has a seven for 69 and a touchdown game on 10 targets, and then a six for 152 and a touchdown on 11 targets. DJ Moore only saw double digit targets once in the first six weeks. He has seen it in both games here with PJ Walker. So I think he's going to be like a fringe wide receiver two moving forward. I'm not going to be expecting this like 100 yard touchdown performance every game. I still think there's going to be some games where this passing attack looks rough, but I totally think he's like a fringe top 24 option, maybe even higher this week with all the uh, bye weeks, but we'll see more specifically when I get into my weekly rankings. Now for the Bengals, a rough overall offensive performance, but we did end up actually getting touchdowns out of both Higgins and Boyd. So it kind of worked out for fantasy. You know, I think we were expecting bigger games, but they didn't totally tank. I still think both of these guys are very, very strong starts with Jamar Chase likely to continue to miss time. Then we have the Packers taking on the Lions in a divisional matchup. Now for the Packers, we don't know about Alan Lazard's health. I'm going to say that if Lazard is playing in this game, he's going to be a start. If Lazard is out, I'm likely going to be fading this wide receiver room. I could see an argument for Dobbs to be a fringe option. He had a solid performance against the Bills. He hasn't been super consistent. This is kind of just a passing attack I want to fade in general. So Lazard is really the only guy that I'd be interested here in playing. If you're super desperate, I could understand the Dobbs play. But right now, like I said, you know, focused in here on Lazard. On the other side with the Lions, it's good to see Amon Ra back out there getting, you know, his full opportunities. He's clearly going to be a start. You know, he didn't do anything crazy, but he's had some injuries to work through. He gets targeted 10 times, seven for 69 yards. I think he's a top 10 wide receiver moving forward and still someone where the buy like low opportunity is probably still there because he's had a few bad games with injuries. Doesn't give you anything crazy this week, but obviously someone that I'm still very high on rest of season and then sitting Josh Reynolds. Then we have the Raiders taking on the Jaguars for the Raiders. I'm obviously still going to be starting Devontae Adams, even after a terrible performance. Sitting Mac Hollins, even though he's had some decent performances. And then Hunter Renfro has just been a wild fantasy bust this year. He wasn't someone I was super in on, but I still thought he could be giving you like a five for 50 floor. He's been brutal. On the other side with the Jaguars, I think Christian Kirk is a strong start. Sitting Zay Jones. Then we have the Colts taking on the Patriots. For the Colts, we saw Sam Ellinger get his first action. I think he was decent. You know, he supported these weapons a little bit. Pittman had a key drop late in the game that could have padded his stats a little bit. I still think he's going to be a start moving forward. I am going to be sitting Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell. They're kind of both guys who were potential intriguing fringe plays last week. Right now, I'm just going to be rolling with Pittman in that wide receiver room. For the Patriots, Jacoby Myers continues to produce probably one of the, if not the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. He's a locked in start moving forward. Should be a locked in top 24, potentially like top 20, top 18, top 15 wide receiver. Like I do think he's in that territory at this point. Maybe not overall, but like this week with I think six bye weeks, 
He could be a top 15 guy when I get into my rankings. Then we have a divisional game between the Bills and the Jets. For the Bills, obviously Stephon Diggs, high-end wide receiver one. For Gabriel Davis, this is what I've been talking about all season long. It's the Gabriel Davis experience. He's going to have these massive games, but he doesn't command a huge you know, amount of targets. I think he hit seven this game, which is okay. Didn't convert it into anything. He's high ceiling, low floor. So if you have him, you probably need to be starting him every week. And, you know, you're just got to live with the uh, low games because, you know, he's going to be delivering those big games also. And then we will be sitting Isaiah McKenzie, who got into the end zone, but still splitting that slot role now with Khalil Shakir. And then for the Jets, I have Garrett Wilson listed as a fringe play here. He had a big game, 17 and a half fantasy points, six receptions, 115 yards on seven targets. And he broke a stretch of four straight games under seven points. This is just a rough situation to navigate here with the Jets because you have Zach Wilson, a very unreliable player at the quarterback position, especially in terms of supporting his weapons. But I think Garrett Wilson is playable if Corey Davis continues to miss time because, you know, the last few weeks we're in this weird spot where we have three pretty decent wide receivers with Wilson, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore all playing a ton of snaps and then just a bad passing attack. So that's not going to, you know, result in decent production for any of these guys. But Corey Davis is now hurt. Elijah Moore requested a trade. Now isn't even running routes. Like, I don't know if he's being punished or they just don't think he's better than Denzel Mims. Find it hard to believe they uh, don't think he is better than Denzel Mims. But like, this is an opportunity for Garrett Wilson to be a starter for fantasy because he is slotting in as, you know, their clear cut top weapon and probably like the only wide receiver that you can have any ounce of trust in. So I do think he's a fringe play. If we start hearing that Corey Davis is coming back, Elijah Moore's playing time is going to get bumped up, then I may kind of back off of that. Um, in the Vikings-Commanders game, continue to fire up Justin Jefferson as a high-end wide receiver one, still starting Adam Thielen as like a probably high-end wide receiver three, potential top 24 option, but a guy you trust. Now for the Commanders, I've been talking about how I view Curtis Samuel as the better option over Terry McLaurin. I think with Taylor Heineke here at quarterback, that has got to switch up. I have Terry as a start, Curtis Samuel as a fringe play. Terry McLaurin playing with Taylor Heineke is a top 24, if not a top 20 wide receiver week to week with Heineke at the quarterback position. We have a pretty decent sample size of McLaurin with Carson Wentz. He was averaging 11.1 points per game, not getting it done for you. Two games with Taylor Heineke, 18.3 points, 16.6. He has back-to-back games with eight targets. And these are not like dink and dunk targets. Taylor Heineke will let it fly. He will give opportunities for Terry McLaurin to make plays, and he has done it in back-to-back weeks. So I think you can be very confident starting Terry McLaurin, where, you know, three, four weeks ago, you probably weren't loving him, you know, in your lineup. And then I still think Curtis Samuel is like a fringe option. Then we have a really solid wide receiver matchup here. Seahawks taking on the Cardinals. For the Seahawks, continue to fire up Metcalf and Lockett as very strong plays. Love the way the Seahawks offense is operating. I mean, you look at the stat line of that game, it's like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, both have big games, and then you have Kenneth Walker dominating at the running back position. They have their overall like fantasy points very condensed between their best players, which is what you want to see. You see a similar thing with the Dolphins. It's always, you know, Hill, Waddle, Mostert, like Gusecki. All the points are very condensed between those top options. So love to see that out of the Seahawks. For the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins is a monster I continue to undervalue him. I think I had him as like my wide receiver 12 heading into this week. It's crazy when you look at what he did last year 
compared to what he's done this season, like coming off a suspension. I believe he's 30 years old where you would think, you know, some regression may be coming in here. Like he's just blowing last season's numbers out of the water. And I'm probably going to be a miss on him. I, you know, I talked about him as a sell high. I'm pretty sure he just continues to feast. So if you're a team that like needs to win now, you've got to keep DeAndre Hopkins on your team. Maybe if you're like a top contender and you know you think his production is going to dip when Marquise Brown comes back, maybe you sell him really high. But I mean, at some point you might just want to ride the hot hand because he is putting up insane numbers through two weeks. And then I think Rondell Moore is a solid fringe wide receiver three flex option. He's been getting consistent routes, finally put together a big performance. Not sure if he's going to be able to replicate that, but you know, you're starting a wide receiver who has consistent usage. That's really all you can be asking for with bye weeks as like a flex wide receiver three play. And then we have the Rams taking on the Buccaneers, a game with, you know, pretty top heavy wide receivers. Cooper Cup, obviously a start. On the other side with the Bucks, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, obvious starts. I do kind of want to talk about Allen Robinson here because he's someone who I've been very low on. I was low on him throughout the offseason. I was, you know, pretty early to be like, this is not working out here. He is slowly inching towards being a semi-viable play. The last two games have been decent, five for 63 and a touchdown, and then five for 54. He still hasn't seen over seven targets in a game. So I don't think, you know, he's going to come close to living up to his, you know, like pre-draft value, but potentially he could be a guy you toss in there. So the way that I'm looking at it right now, I have him listed as a sit. However, if the Buccaneers are still dealing with the, you know, insane amount of injuries in the secondary that they had last week, where basically like almost every uh, starter in the secondary is out, then I think he could become a fringe play, but that's something we're going to have to wait and see on. Talked about Evans and Godwin sitting Julio and Gage. But I believe Sunday night football, we have the Titans taking on the Chiefs. Zero going on at the Titans wide receiver position. Definitely sitting Robert Woods. For the Chiefs, I have Juju as a start and then sitting the rest of these options. Interesting to see if Kadarius Tony will play in this game, what kind of role he'll have. He's someone who's interesting, but definitely not someone I'd be trusting to throw into my lineup without seeing some production first. And then the final game of the week, we have the Ravens taking on the Saints. For the Ravens, it looks like Rashad Bateman is going to be missing some time. Unfortunate there, the dude just cannot get healthy. I stand by him as a very, very buy-low trade target. He may be someone you can just pick up off of waivers at this point, but if you're a winning roster, I do think he's worth you know tossing on your IR if he gets placed on there. Just someone to you know continue to hold on to. And then I'm going to be sitting Devin Duvernay and Deshaun Jackson, who I guess is now going to be like their wide receiver two, wide receiver three. For Duvernay, I could see an argument for him being a fringe play. The issue is, is that even in games without Rashad Bateman, he still doesn't see much volume. So this is just a passing attack that I'm probably going to be fading, you know, minus uh, Andrews or potentially likely if Andrews is out. On the other side with the Saints, we don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry, their injuries. But for Chris Olave, you continue to fire him up as a very strong wide receiver to play. That is going to wrap it up for every week nine wide receiver matchup. You want to see the running backs, that video is up on my channel. You want to see waiver wire targets, trade targets, uh, sell high players. Those are all up also. If you guys did enjoy, please hit that like button. Thank you for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.